0: You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message.
1: Turn with me, please, to Revelation 2. We're coming right back to 1 Kings. Man, on Wednesday night, I've been preaching at one different preacher every Wednesday. This Wednesday, we're in the church of Sardis, the seven churches of the book of Revelation. I, I want to thank you, man, and the other preachers that are here they have been preaching. Uh, the touch of God has been on every message. it just been amazing. Brother Apusin preached the last Wednesday night. and Though we weren't here, I could sense it. I could see it. God did something last Wednesday night. You can just sense it. And I appreciate you. I appreciate you when you get happy. Oh, my goodness, I like that. Oh, you, man. There's a statement, and undoubtedly all the men have been saying it. There's many statements. He writes to the angel of these different churches, the pastor, the messenger of the churches. He gives them all something that is a rebuke, but One. Chapter two, verse two, he says, I know thy works. In chapter two, in verse number 13, he says, I know thy works to the church at Pergamos. Chapter two, verse 19, to the church at Thyatira, he said, I know thy works. I think I missed verse nine, chapter two, verse nine, to the church at Smyrna, I know thy works. The church at Sardis this Wednesday night Verse one, I know thy works. The church at Philadelphia, the church of brotherly love. Verse eight, I know thy works. The church at Laodicea, I know thy works. The work of God is work. Turn back with me to 1 Kings please. First Kings chapter 17, hold that thought. All these churches were working churches. God did not save you or save me to sit or to sour or to soak, always abounding in the work of the Lord. It was either the first message I preached in this empty auditorium 17 weeks ago or the second. And if you remember, I preached and I felt like God got in the service with the 10 of us and all this 3,000-seat empty empty auditorium, it's got something on. I, I said, God is going to speak to you. God will speak, and we didn't realize it'd be all these many weeks, but you're gonna have to listen. Speak, for thy servant here. You're gonna have to listen to that still, small voice. I'm gonna have to listen, and I'm coming to you tonight God has been asking you for 17 weeks to do something. What has he been saying? We are on the verge of eternity. And people will fall off and drift off into hell if we don't get busy serving God. I look at, I don't know how many buses we have, they're scattered everywhere off the property tonight. I look at those buses every day when they're back on this property. And there are those, that million and a half dollar project just last year or so bought all those beautiful buses. There they sit. We have brought 1.3 million boys and girls to church on those buses in 44 and 11, 44 years, 11 months. And now for 17 weeks they're sick. I know bus drivers are, are, are very broken hearted and bus captains that go to the doors and visit these people, Brother Flood, our bus director, thank God for your ministry and those kids are broken hearted. When is the bus coming back? Mothers and dads wanna come and thank God for the buses. God's not calling you to quit the bus ministry, not now. There's a work yet for you to do. God's not calling you to quit your Sunday school class and we don't have Sunday school yet. We're not prepared for it yet. This church will have Sunday school again because Sunday school is that which builds the life of a child, a mother, dad, an adult. Thank God for Sunday school. And with your permission, we're still gonna call it Sunday school. The Sunday school worked in the 1700s, the 1800s, the 1900s, and the 2000s, and we're gonna keep, we don't need a connection group, we're gonna have Sunday school. God's used soul winning. We're not gonna have outreach, we're gonna have soul winning. I love reading Spurgeon's books, and Spurgeon talked about soul winning. I'm just talking about folks, any other church can do what they want, and I won't fault them, God bless them, I don't answer for them but this church is gonna have old time preaching and old time singing and old time shouting and hymns and songs and spiritual songs and the next guy, whatever he chooses to do, he can do, it's his work. I don't answer for his work. I've got enough to say grace over here. They wanna call something else, let them call it, that's okay, I'm just trying to tell you what we're gonna do around here. We're still having the choir. I love the choir, we're gonna have a choir up in heaven. We don't need a dance band, we're gonna have a choir. I'm suggesting this, 107 days it's been, we've been shut down. What is God preparing you to do? God's gotta be preparing you to do something. God's preparing you to do something. God's preparing this young man back here to start a church. God's preparing some of our graduates that graduate yesterday, already approved, going to the mission field. Thank God for that. God's called many of them already there, assistant pastors, some left yesterday and they started today. Thank God for the ministry, but I want you to know, God's people are not all quote full time. Thank God for deacons and ushers and Sunday school teachers and bus workers. Thank God for soul winners. Thank God for those getting the Bibles out door to door all over our city in this 45th year, every single home with a Bible. God's been telling you something. Are you listening? Are you listening to what God's saying? God's saying something. Oh no, you don't. You don't get out of high school and just lay around here without go, get a secular job. That's okay, but you ought to do something in the work of the ministry. Get out of college, whether secular, or state university, or city college, or right here. God's going to give you something to do. You're 21. Go get a bus license or can't run a bus, good time to study. You take your test 10 times and flunk it and get your, your license. God has been speaking to you. And He's not speaking to you about compromise. God's speaking to you about serving him. Think of this man right over here. 28, nine years, whatever it's been over there in that rest home ministry dying, his heart's breaking to get back in there. We've been there for 44 years and been shut out of there and it's not their fault. 17 weeks, we can't get in. When he gets back in, I wonder how many will have died. We have 10 other rest homes we're in every week. I wonder how many will have perished in these last 17 weeks. Somebody's gotta get back in these rest homes. The jails, we're not able to go into the jails. The Juvia Hall, we're not able to go into the ju- I've not been permitted in the hospitals. We had people dying by themselves. Not allowed to go in. Isn't your heart broken for the hospital ministry? Is your heart broken that there's, there's nursing homes that need you, there's emergency rooms. If you just stop by and say, can I help you? I'm here from the church to pray with you if you want me to pray with you. I've never seen it where it's failed when you go to an emergency room. Someone always wants prayer. I go to the jail out here. See, every time I've been there, every time you wait in a big holding pattern, and every time a grandmother will be there, her mother will be there. Never seen really any dads there. They see you're the preacher over there, aren't you? I said, I am. I said, my, my son, my grandson's in there. When you go into that big area, where you talk to them? I was in there not long ago and I walked in and there's tables and all these boys that were criminals were all over the place and I walked in and I'm not trying to be humorous at all. Broke my heart, here's what I heard. Hi pastor, hi preacher. I rode the bus, I rode the bus. Brother Emmanuel Reyes goes to the jail. Those teenagers, those young men. How many times do you preach there? They said, I, I used to ride the bus, I shouldn't I stop riding the bus? Can't even go preach to those boys that need, need God more than ever. God has been speaking to you. I know he has. I have tried to be more sensitive than ever before in my life. The Bible says that. God gives pastors and teachers and preachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. Now 17 weeks later, what do you want to do more for God? We have some of our members watching because you're shut in. You can't get to church. Could God raise you up to be a prayer warrior in these days of your life more like ever before? We've got political leaders that need your prayers, that need to come to Jesus Christ as their personal savior, that are hopelessly lost and have spent eternity in hell. We have governors, and we have mayors, and we have have health directors, and we have city council members, and we have people that, that are lost, that need to be born again. Maybe you can have a ministry of prayer, the Great Wales Revival, broke out in 1905 because two women began to pray. Moody's ministry took off in the 1800s because two women in New York City began to pray that God would send a man of God to that area and reach him, he said, and reach him for Christ. And he's walking down Wall Street. As he's walking down Wall Street, the touch of God, the power of God, same kings that came over him such an such an enormous way because those ladies prayed. He went cling to a, a light post and began to say, "Oh dear God." Use Dale Moody, use me for thee. What's God trying to tell you? I'm asking God every day, God, talk to me. Talk to me, tell me, show me, help me. God, I wanna listen. I'll get my ears open. What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do more? Where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? Deacon's wife, if we ever need it, strong. And thank God for the many many multitudes of deacons. We need more deacons wise than ever before in this thing. We need deacons, amen, in this thing, and Sunday school teachers and financial supporters. I want you to see in First Kings 17, before God ever uses you, here's my message, before he uses you, he will always prepare you. And I don't know, are you aware that God's been preparing you for 17 weeks? Are you aware of that? So I never thought of it like that. Well, remember, he still speaks 17 weeks ago. I told you God was gonna speak, and 17 weeks later, I know he's been speaking. I know he's been speaking. Oh yes, we're in the last days, but there's so much more to do if he tarries in his coming. I can't pass that building in the corner without saying, God, I go by it all the time, God, every day, many times a day, God, please give us that building. I know they don't want to sell it to us. God, give us 545 eldo. God give us 555 eldo. God give us I've got so many buildings around here I'm praying for. I don't know how we ever keep up on them. I want you to know God's not done with the great North Valley Baptist Church. I don't know what the future holds. From week one, I said on the, uh, online there'll be, there'll be casualties. Every war has a casualty. Every church will have casualties. But I'm not looking, I'm just holding on. God's been preparing my heart. I don't even know for all what he wants to prepare, but God's doing something, I can tell you that right now. This COVID thing has been a good thing for my life at the expense of some of these dear, dear people that have suffered. I want you to know God's been working on my heart and it gives me hope because I don't think God's finished with me yet and God's not finished with you and you and you and you and you and you and and all the preachers and staff and the deacons and Sunday and bus workers. God's not done with us yet. How's he preparing you? What's he preparing you to do? There's something he's been speaking to you. Speak, speak. I want you to see this. Preparation always comes first. God is preparing us, so he prepares us first. Look what the Bible says. Verse 17, Lisha the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said to Ahab, Ahab was the wicked, wicked king. We have some of those around too. Many offices. He said, as the Lord God of Israel liveth, behold, for whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years according to my word. James five says it was three and a half years. That was a bold statement. But Elijah had to get prepared first. And so God said, all right, thank you. You said your peace, now I'm gonna prepare you, Elijah. Look how he prepares them. The word of the Lord came to him saying, get thee hence. Turn eastward. Hide thyself. A man of God doesn't want to hide himself by the brook Cherith. Tells us four times it's a brook. Oh, what a beautiful thing. That brook Cherith. Cherith, you have a Cherith daughter. We have a Cherith over back over here. Cherith and Cherith over here. Cherith means the cutting place. And God says, before I'm gonna use you, Elijah, I'm gonna have to cut on your life. I got some edges, I'm gonna have to take off, son. And God will never use you till he's cut and purified your life. It's not poor me, you you have harder days than I do. But during these 17 weeks, I've had very little encouragement, not from God's people, just almost everything is sorrow. I don't know how to work the computer, and I don't know how to work all the, I don't know how to do social media, you know, all that. But my phone started doing this thing, and it pops up. And it said that I'm spending X amount of more hours every day on the phone this week than I did last week because I got an RV last week and all I've been doing is speaking to people with broken hearts and shattered dreams and don't don't hold back from calling me, I wanna hear from you, I wanna pray for you. My my prayer life, I'm driving down the road thinking of God's people. God's given me that opportunity. God's given me that privilege, I'm a pastor. But God's doing something, I don't know what. The phone calls from the city are not encouraging calls. The phone calls from the lawyers, and God bless them, are not encouraging calls. The phone calls from the police are not encouraging calls. I want you to know that God always prepares us first, but it's not like we want to be prepared. God cuts away at us. We all have so full of pride. God says, Jack, I want to use you in these days. I'm going to have to cut on you a little bit more. And he said, uh, the word of the Lord came unto him saying, get thee hence and hide thyself by the brook Cherith. as before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook. Sounds good, doesn't it? Wow, that's a nice vacation. Had his RV there. And it's beautiful. I've commanded the ravens. That's the birds that hang out at the city dump. The scavenger birds to feed thee there. Would you read verse five? To the word Lord. Ready, begin. So I went and did according to the word word of the Lord. He just obeyed. 17 weeks, God's been speaking. Are you gonna obey? I hope at this invitation tonight, yes, I can't, I, I gotta obey. I need to obey. I'm going to Bible college this fall. And I can't go in just haphazard. I hope I have a good time. It's not a good time you're looking for. You're looking for the will of God in your life. And start searching that for as a freshman. You start to say, how, how, how can I have a great time? You'll have a great time. But life is not as adult, young adult just finding a good time. Life is finding the will of God for your life. God has something for you to do. What has he been telling you to do? And here he did according to the Lord. He dwelt in the brook Cherith. He dwelt there. God's always gonna prepare you. You're gonna have to get prepared. You wanna be in the ministry, get prepared, go to school. Let's say I have a heart attack tonight. I wind up in the hospital tonight. Could be you put yourself in that position. We have a heart attack tonight, we're in the hospital. The team comes around and I wait for the surgeon. He walks in. He said, well, Jack, how you doing? I said, not too good. Apparently, I need a heart, had a heart attack. Got to have open heart surgery. I said, you look kind of young. He said, oh, I am young. In fact, you're my first patient. <laughs> what? Yeah, I've never done it before, but I'm kind of looking forward to this. I got all these new devices here. We're using the computer. It's, it's just going to be Awesome. I, I, I hope I don't make a mistake. My next question is, can we get a different doctor in here? No, I'm in. I said, well then tell me, where'd you go to school? <laughs> I don't believe in school. I'm not, I'm not going to school, I'm no, 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 no. I'm not going to, I'm not, you kidding me? Eight years to learn how to be a doctor, I'm not wasting eight years of my life. You ready? No, I'm not ready. And there's a place called school, college, where you have to get a job and pay your way, and mama's not going to pay it, daddy's not going to pay it, and you have to learn to get along with a roommate, a like, and if you cannot get along with a like, lady and lady, man with man, you can't get along with a like. You're not going to get married and get along with a dislike, because I'm going to tell you something, women don't think like men, thank you for not thinking like men. You have to get prepared. So God sent Elijah to Chereth. God sent David to the sheep, so he could kill a bear and kill a lion to save a sheep. Because one day he's going to stand. Before the giant of his life, Goliath, and he's going to have to have some courage as a boy in the field. I was killing a bear and I was killing a lion. And big boy, you're an easy prey compared to them. And one of the sling went in that sling, and that sling went round and round, and he fell dead. I want you to know that God's going to prepare you, David as a shepherd to the sheep so he could be a shepherd to the people. I want you to know, Elisha, you're preparing under Elijah, and you just keep watching him, and now he's going to be translated to heaven, and Elisha says, you stay here. I'm going. Maybe they've got the cities mixed up. I'm going to Gilgal, and he said, "You want you to stay here. I'm not, I'm not leaving you. You're going to Gilgal? I'm going to Gilgal. And he said, okay, come with me. Next place, he said, I'm going to Bethel. You stay here. I'm not going to Bethel. With- You're not going without me. I'm going with you to Bethel. And then he said, uh, uh, you stay here. I'm going to Jericho. No, I'm going with you. And they said, I'm going over here to Jordan. And he goes, I'm going with you. I'm not going to leave you. I'm by your side. I'm your understudy. And when he left the mantle behind, he took it up and said, God, give me a double portion of Thy Spirit." that man's spirit. He went to school. He went to training. There was preparation there was preparation with the, my greatest Old Testament story, chapter 37, Genesis to 50, uh, Joseph. He was, betray, he, 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 he was prepared as his brothers betrayed him and threw him in a pit and sold him to Ishmaelites, 20 pieces of silver, and he was betrayed, and they took him, and they took the coat and dipped it in blood and said, Dad, some wild beast had killed your only, this son Joseph you loved, that 17-year-old boy that God took him from the pit to the palace, to the prison. And God elevated him to preach in that day to the people and preserve the people of God. But he had to go through all those steps of preparation. Why, how was God preparing you? Did you lose your job? I wonder, is God preparing you? Was your salary cut? I wonder, is God preparing you? Have you lost your business? i wonder what God is doing to prepare you. I've watched so many people's faith in this time and you've just brought such courage to me. You've had some great difficulties and sorrows and heartaches. You so said, God will take care of me. God will take care of me. The sweet little lady that sat here this morning came every week with her husband for years to this church and he passed away. You couldn't even conduct a free funeral for Roger. We've had several, many, many pass away during this season. God's preparing you. God was preparing Joseph. God was preparing Esther. (laughs) Think of how he prepared her, and God chose her out. And she had to stand for the Jews and said, if I perish, I perish. What a testing time that came before that. What a testing time for Ruth before that and now a widow and now God's gonna use her lineage and she was gonna be part of the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ in time from that lineage from Boaz. God's always preparing you. Young people, God's preparing you tonight. I don't know for what. Once you get God's heart on what he's doing with you as your pastor, I'll do everything I can to help you. Is God preparing you? Go to Bible college for a year, but then is God preparing you to be in the computer field? I'll do everything I can to help you. I'll do everything I can to try to help you and assist you. Is God preparing you for medicine? Let me let me do everything I can. God preparing you. I've made so many phone calls to the police department because God's preparing some of our boys for the police department. I've called the chief so many times about, I've got a boy here. I think he wants to be a police officer. And thank God for the police officer. I don't want you to do my will. I want you to do the will of God. Let me help you find the will of God. And then do it. God's gonna prepare you. I just saw you, Caleb Harder back there. Please forgive me if I'm breaking your heart. I don't mean to. You're sitting right where the Lord took your dad a few months ago. Those things don't happen on accident, mom and dad. When your son went, God's doing something in your family, and I don't understand it, and it hurts, and it just it pains me. You have John Godby's home here, and Carl Harder's home here. They look out the front window at one of those houses and both of them just passed away. God's preparing their kids for something I don't know what. God uses adversity. God uses sorrow. God uses setback. God uses the fact that your business is struggling. God uses the heartache of your marriage. You're going through difficulties and many are. And many that are listening, you go through it. God's preparing you for something. I want you to see secondly and I'll, I'll wrap it up tonight. Preparation is never easy. Verse 7, and it came to pass, it always does, that after a while, the brook dried up because there was no rain in the land. I don't know how how long after a while is, Brother Cooper. You still, well, you, I don't, no, you know it. You'll, You'll write it in there. It was three and a half years, no rain. So I don't know how long that brook, but it did not happen overnight there have been moments in my life that I thought, I thought, Lord, I'd like this to pass. And it went on a week. It went on a month. It went on a year. It went on in several years. And I thought, Lord, what are you doing? Have you forgotten Jack down here? But God said, I haven't forgotten, son. I'm just trying to prepare you, but I don't like it. It bothers me how you're preparing me. Oh, but you can't go forward until you gladly God accept my will, 2 Corinthians 12. Most gladly will I glory in my infirmities, whatever your infirmities are, your trials, that I might find his will for my life. I know there has to be an army of Sunday school teachers, Brother Reamers. I know there has to be an army of Sunday school teachers that God's raising up. When we get back to Sunday school to take this precious word of God and hold it, and teach the Bible. For the young, young couples class my wife and I teach, it has brought such a life to us these last three or four years. I have a series from one of the Gospels I can hardly wait to teach. It's been sitting there for Mrs. Carr two months maybe. Just been sitting there tight, ready to go. I can hardly wait to teach it. God's always going to prepare us and his preparation is never easy. His preparation is sorrow, it's sadness, it's disappointment, it's betrayal, sometimes physical suffering. It's never easy. Thirdly, I'm done. Verse five. Preparation always requires obedience. God has been speaking to you. Are you ready to obey? Verse five says this. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. He stayed there at the Brook Cherith where he was cut out. And then he had to go, verse 9, to Zarephath. Zarephath means the refining place. My wife and I bought my dad in those last days of his life, maybe five years before he died, maybe 10. We bought him one of those rock tumbler things. And he put those rocks that he was tumbling in there and had them on his workbench and they went for a couple of weeks. And I said, Dad, what? got a, oh no, no, they got a, that's what they're supposed to do. They're getting, they're getting polished. Everything's looking good. I'm not gonna touch them. And sure enough, he was right. When they came out a couple weeks later, they were so beautiful. That's the refining place. Sometimes your cherith, your brook cherith seems so long. Brother Henderson, that's what your wife has gone through with all her health, all these years. Brother Steve, Brother Steve, Brother Steve Nichols, our dear friend, Pastor Steve Nichols. I saw him yesterday. He's gone through such suffering with his health for so many years. Suffering, suffering, suffering. But oh, look at the songs he's written in those suffering days, and what he's accomplished in his wonderful family. God's raised up. And let me close. The virus has had you stopped. You're not going to NFL games and NBA games and Major League Baseball games, and you're not going to shopping malls, and neither am I. And for a season, and I guess they're open now, you've not been going to the beach, or you've not been going to mini golf and golf courses. you've You've been shut down. God's been so good because he's been saying hey sister I have something for you have you been listening mama did you did you use these 17 weeks so far to think about the ministry you're going to have to your children in these last days that you have at home before they grow up and leave have you been thinking about it I never told our son. I never told our two daughters that I wanted them in the ministry. Never told them. Never prayed with them about it. But every day of my life, and throughout many days of my many times of the day, I'd say, "Oh dear God, would you call Tim? Would you call Tiffany? Would you call Tabitha?" And in my prayer journal, it was all six of our adult kids. And all 14 grandkids. And their birth date is listed in order. And their salvation date is listed in order. And their call to the ministry is all listed in order. And now some of the young ones. One of my grandsons during this shutdown said, I feel God's called me to preach. And I could see it on them. I'm not going to hold them to it. Just a 10-year-old, 11, 11, 12-year-old boy. Just a young kid. Whatever God does, I know but I think I could see it. I believe I could see it. I want to keep praying for that boy and all of our kids. Whatever God wants is what we want. It may not be the ministry; it may be something else. But there's something to do as a in the ministry. Or there's something to do as a lay person. There's something to do in the ministry as a servant of God. But they're going to have to. They're going to have to realize God's going to prepare them, and it's not going to be easy but they have to keep their eye open. What is God doing in my life? And would you do the same? I know God's been speaking to some folks about Sunday school teaching. I know God's been speaking, and I think a high ministry here has been an usher of this great church with Brother Sam. God bless you. Usher is a servant to the people. I know God's doing something I know some of you have good voices, great voices. I wish I had a voice like yours. God wants you to sing. God wants you to serve in the orchestra. God wants you to serve in the housekeeper and the maintenance and door knocking all of us. God wants you to do something. There are jails all around us. There's hospitals all around us. There's rest homes all around us that need people to help. There's public schools everywhere. As I flew in on Friday, they came in a different route. We came around and then came over those beautiful salt flats where I go out on my bike and pray, I love it. Before we got there, I saw field after field. I never knew we had so many football fields that came in a different way. There was high school after high school after high school after high. I, I imagine coming in this way and then looping back around from the north into the south, which is the opposite way. I saw the Clyde Avenue, and I saw my house, and I saw this building here. I looked down there, and I saw those football fields. There must have been a dozen or 15 just on one little strip over here, just scattered all beautiful fields. Those represent high schools where none of those kids are hearing that Jesus loves them.